This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. AFC title game, a trip to the AFC title game on the line. Winner plays the Chiefs. We've got Niners Cowboys tonight. Winner plays the Eagles. We are reacting to the Giants and the Eagles from last night. We'll do some Jets uh, offensive coordinator conversation. All of that leading into Knicks Raptors getting underway. Pre-game show at 5.30. Coverage at 6 o'clock. 800-919-3776. We are on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Before I get back to the phone calls, I teased about 10 minutes ago that I wanted to bring up uh, a Twitter exchange last night uh, between two of our, our talents here at the station. Uh, one was by a non-Giants fan, and it triggered a reply from a Giants fan. So we'll get to that right now. Last night, my guy Peter Rosenberg went on Twitter, and he's a, a Commanders fan. So you know, I, I guess a, it, it, it is fair to say that a part of him, I know he says he's rooting for the Giants. It's, it's better for us locally here have something to talk about, but... Part of him, once he saw the Giants getting their teeth kicked in, took some joy in that because it's a division rival. And, you know, if you're a Commanders fan, you don't want to see the Eagles win. But when you see the Giants getting blown out, uh, there is some pleasure to, to be taken in that. And he tweeted out, if I can find it here real quick, he said, I would rather just not be in the playoffs than see this. Not saying that because my team is not in the playoffs, but these nights are unbearable. So I wonder if there are any Giants fans who would agree with that take. Would you rather have have not seen them in the playoffs than to see them get embarrassed by the Eagles last night? I I, I completely disagree with it because like, what you're failing to include is the Giants won a playoff game last week. They beat the Vikings. They beat the, the two-seed in the NFC. So you got a playoff win, and yes, it was embarrassing. It was a pathetic performance. It was against a hated rival. It was the third largest deficit in Eagles franchise um, history. So you had it's, you got swept by them. But to say that you would rather not see your team in the playoffs uh, when when you've seen them already win a playoff game than to see them you know, go out there and get embarrassed last night. I, I vehemently disagree with that, and Rothenberg took exception to it. So him and Peter had a, a nice, fun back and forth uh, on Twitter last night. So I just wanted to see if there were any Giants fans who would agree with that. And by the way, Peter's going to be able to explain himself 24 hours from now with the K-Show getting underway from 3 to 7 tomorrow. Michael K. Don record Peter Rosenberg. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be a topic of conversation. You got Don, who is a Giants fan. So him and Peter will get a chance to go back and forth on that. But I, I, I completely dis- disagree. I, I think that you absolutely, e- even if you had known, let's just say you, you knew going into the playoffs, you, you're going to win uh, against the Vikings, but you're going to get smacked by the Eagles. You would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Is it depressing? Of course. But you would take that over another postseason DNP because, you know, getting to the playoffs just further solidifies a a couple of things. One, you love the head coach. Uh, Two, the GM, Joe Shane, you have a lot of belief in him. And then the quarterback-running back combination is one that you feel if the price is right, you can win with. So you would absolutely sign up for the playoffs and not, you know, missing it just because uh, you don't want to get blown out by the Eagles. Uh, by the way, before we get back to the phone calls, quick update. Just kicked off in Buffalo. It's snowing in Buffalo. Snowy, snowy, snowy in Buffalo. Cincinnati 
get the ball first there now into Buffalo territory. I am shocked at the number on this game that the Buffalo Bills are favored by five and a half points. I think the Bengals might be better, and I understand the, the issues on their offensive line. Uh, we, we saw last night when your offensive line isn't doing a good job protecting the quarterback, what that could mean for the opposing team. But I just I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than than uh, Josh Allen. I think there is a lot more uh, explosive explosion on the offense uh, of the Bengals than the Bills, who are kind of one-dimensional. And I just flatly think the Bengals are a better team. Should be a great game, though. Should be a great game. And interesting wrinkle in this. If the Bills win this game, they advance the AFC Championship game to play the Chiefs. That'll be a neutral site in Indianapolis. If the Bengals win, they're going to Kansas City. And by the way, we saw last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, it's a Kansas City team that is now banged up. So Patrick Mahomes sprained his ankle, had an MRI today. It is a high ankle sprain. He says he's going to play. What a miraculous thing he did last night, staying into that game. He actually left for a possession, and Chad Henning led them on a 97-yard touchdown drive. So he did a good job filling in for Mahomes. Mahomes eventually came in back into the game after halftime and was able to help the Chiefs get off to that um Get off to a quick start in the playoffs after their first round bye. They beat the Jags yesterday, so they're in the NFC Championship game, and they are awaiting the winner of this game uh, between the Bengals and Bills. That sees Cincinnati score first. They go up six to nothing, pending an extra point. Jamar Chase touchdown. So the Bengals are off and running. We will keep you posted on that game. 800-919-3776. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Phone lines are open. 800-919-3776. Giants fans out there, we're reacting to. Did that game last night leave a sour taste in your mouth? Or is it all gravy? Was it house money? Uh, so that's one part of it. Two, and I think it would be a little unfair uh, to really be critical of Daniel Jones. But are you someone who last night's looking like, I don't know if I want to commit $40 million to this guy. I, I'm not sure that's the direction I want to go in. And someone actually tweeted at me. Uh, I, I wish I could find it, but uh, the mentions are coming in hot and heavy. But he said $40 million for Daniel Jones? Like, you know, it's not going to cost that. Guy, look, look at the market. It's not just about what you think he's worth. It's about what these other quarterbacks are making. So this guy at M underscore fresh. No way in hell Jones gets forty million a year. All right, look at the landscape. Landscape. This is the Ty Butler Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Still talking about the Giants Eagles and then you know the future between you know uh, uh, Saquon and, and Daniel Jones and Buddha who was on earlier. Uh, we let him go a little too early, but he wanted to mention that he he wouldn't give Barkley a, a new contract. He says he, he gets, gets always dinged up, and you know he's going to be aging, and you don't give a big time contract to running backs. As the Bengals score another touchdown, so they're pinning an extra point, going to go up fourteen nothing. Hurts the tight end, and Joe Burrow is just having no issues. Snow Bengals defense, no problem. Throwing dimes right now. But would you give that second contract to Barkley? I, I just think based on sentiment alone, uh, that's what has me thinking. He's earned it, and I would love to see him back with the Giants. But it's just gonna it's an interesting decision to make because uh, a lot of uh, key cogs, uh, you know, in order to, to get this team to being a, a contender again. 
And last night, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. 800-919-3776. Let's go to New Jersey. We talked to Goldie. What's up, Goldie? What's up, gentlemen? What a great show, first of all. Thank you. Uh, I really enjoy your perspective. Appreciate that, but, man. Um, that means a lot to me. Absolutely, man. I am a sports fan and, unfortunately, a New York Dallas fan. But the Giants have nothing to be ashamed about at all. They weren't on any 4 o'clock home games this year because they are projected to be so bad. They exceeded expectations in the coaching department. Saquon Barkley was an animal, an amazing beast of a player with, you know, uh, just a great guy. You got to sign him and a great player. And Daniel Jones is the man. Like, everything is very clear. And this is coming from a Cowboys fan. They're players, man. They were putting drastic situation where they're supposed to be bottom of the barrel and they beat the Vikings. I mean, this is a win. When did the world turn into, if you don't win the Super Bowl, you, you suck. Like this team is building something special. Giant fans should be very proud of what they have. Oh, absolutely. Um, as far as, yeah. No, I'll, and I'll let you finish Goldie. Goldie, I'll let you finish. Um, yeah. I, not to, not to quote uh, Kanye. I'm going to let you finish, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not about, and I get you, I agree. They, they should be very proud of what happened this season, and nothing should take away from that. I just think projecting going forward, because you're a Cowboys fan, just looking at Philadelphia and looking at Dallas, the Giants went 0-5 against them this season. I didn't see a team last night ready to compete with the Eagles. They're not as good as the Cowboys, so it's not just about how you're going to be measured up against your own version of yourself from 2022. It's about how you measure up against the elite competition in your own division. And it starts with the Cowboys and Eagles, who I think are clearly better than you right now. I agree, but you're building something. Who knows what happens? I mean, look what happened to Philly. They got A.J. Brown that changed so much. And Jalen Hurts is, I mean, is there a smoother cat in the NFL than that guy? I'd be hard-pressed to find someone. He's... He's got everything under control. And like his coach said, that was MJ last night. <laughs> he I'm, did I'm, say I'm, that. You know. He said, he's funny. He said, I, I don't know, because I guess he was anticipating getting ripped for it. He's like, I don't know if it's going too far, but, you know, he's like Michael Jordan. He's a leader out there in what he does as far as on the field. I'm very impressed by his mental game. But I do want to make a prediction. As a yeah, Cowboy fan, it. I'm not even an overreaching one. Brock Purdy, or whatever his name is, is going to show why he was – the last pick. He's got a nice run, but today it's over. You've never seen Michael Parsons. That dude is LT light, and, and the bottom line is Cowboys by 10. I'm ready Ooh. for Philly next week. I'm telling you. Wait, so, let me, so, 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 so here's the thing, Goldie. I appreciate the confidence. I love the prediction and the conviction. So you think that and, and I, I don't know if you're into gambling at all, but the, the, the Niners are four-point favorites. So you think yes. that the Cowboys are going to win by 10. So we're talking about a 14-point swing. Like Vegas has it 14 points off? That's a lot of points. Nope. That's correct. That's wow. correct. I think that there's a reason why the guy was picked last. I'm so happy that he's resurrected his career. It's a great story. But he, his story's not going to continue on the Cowboys' expense. He's at his day in the sun, and he'll have a contract, but it's Micah time, baby. This guy is <laughs> lateral speed like I've never seen. And as a Cowboy fan, I can't even think of a defender that I can put in his class other than Randy White. Um, even though they're different positions, just dominating. 
and I just can't wait for 6.30 because today's my well, Goldie, here's my, the thing I, you got to be worried about. Uh, and the, what the Niners do well and probably better than any other team is they get rid mm-hmm. of the ball quickly. So Micah's going to have his shots at the quarterback, but that ball is coming out of Purdy's hand two and a half seconds, getting Debo and McCaffrey into open space and Ayuk and Kittle, all those guys yep. operating in open space with two and a half seconds. So it's going to be hard to, you know, to get that kind of an impact. But look, good luck to you and your football team tonight, my man. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Jose in Brooklyn wants to talk. What's up, Jose? How's it going, man? How how, how you doing? Going well, man. Going well. What's going on? Talk to me. Oh, I wanted to talk 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 about like the Jets, you know, quarterback and offensive coordinator situation because it it looks like I'm definitely talking with someone with some sense because when you mentioned how you know the callers would be an upgrade than Zach Wilson, um, I knew I was just like I I need to speak to this guy because the previous <laughs> guy is just totally in denial about Zach Wilson saying how all these teams wanted to draft him. I'm just like you're joking at this point. So um, just to get back to the point, um, I think uh, the best thing for the Jets to do is to get a veteran quarterback. I'm, you know, I know everyone wants you know the, the stars in the moon with Rodgers and Lamar. You know, I think um, Carr and Garoppolo is mo- most likely what we're gonna get. I'm hoping more for Carr and Garoppolo based on the you know healthy situation. Mm-hmm. And as far as the offensive coordinator, I would like them to pick a good offensive coordinator. I didn't think there was anything wrong with LaFleur. I just think Zach Wilson pretty much got him fired. And hopefully they can do it. But if I hear offensive coordinator and Fitz and Zach Wilson in the same sentence, I'm going to go insane, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate the call, Jose. And we'll get more into the Jets quarterback and coordinator situation when we get back from the break uh, because it is something that is near and dear to my heart as a Jet fan. I got to tell you, I found myself, in, and typically I root against the Giants because I'm a Jet fan, and you know I'm jealous. I'm envious of the success that they've had over the course of my life and the lack of for my football team. But I did find myself watching the Giants last week, rooting for them against the Vikings because you know to see the the vibrancy of the city when the Giant fans are into it, especially you know how big football is nationwide. Uh, that that meant something to me, and I for a second thought, what would it be like for the Jets to be in this situation, getting ready for a playoff game, a game that you not only think that you can be competitive in, but a game that you you're you're predicting they could win, which the Giants went on to do last week, upsetting a higher seeded Vikings team that you know turned out to be frauds as I predict predicted all season long, but to to be in that situation must feel pretty pretty good. To have a young quarterback who was developed, to have a sensational uh, running back who you drafted, uh, a team with uh, offensive geniuses, defense playing well, making big-time plays. Must be nice if you're a Giants fan. Coming up, we'll get some more into the Jets as well. 800-919-3776. Bills in some hot water right now. Down 14-0 in Cincinnati, who scored touchdowns on two consecutive drives to start the game. Hey, they've got the ball back, so we'll continue to keep you posted on that as well, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Bengals all over the Bills right now, 14 to nothing. A trip to the AFC Championship game is on the line. Ten first downs for Cincinnati, zero for Buffalo. They've got 11 yards of offense, and we're nearing the end of the first quarter. So just an absolute dominating performance so far by Cincinnati. Still a lot of ball game left, and when you have 
the quarterback caliber of Josh Allen, then you you feel like you're still in the game. I just, as I mentioned last time, I just think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback, and I think the Bengals are a better matchup for the Chiefs because I don't think the Bills can beat Kansas City, and I know they did during the regular season. Uh, but bet the Bengals seem to have Kansas City's number. They beat them three straight times, including in the playoffs last year. So, uh, you know, the Bengals can find a way to get this done. I gave them an excellent shot uh, to, to not just win this game uh, next week against the Chiefs, but to win the Super Bowl. Before the playoffs began, that was my pick to come out the AFC. Joe Burrow was playing the best football uh, of the season, and I just think he's that good. But it looks like the Bills just finally forced a stop so Cincinnati's going to punt the ball away back to Buffalo and the Bills just got to get something going on offense because that was a horrendous first quarter eerily similar to what we saw last night Ty D Butler on Twitter so that last caller I wanted to chime in about the Jets and look I'm reading reports that they are interested in Nathaniel Hackett and I'm just like huh and Nathaniel Hackett it was just fired by the Broncos. He was the brains of the operation that saw Russell Wilson become the worst version of himself to the point where we're questioning, can this guy still play football? And this is who you want to hire as the offensive coordinator? No thanks. They also interviewed Clint Kubiak, who was the passing game coordinator for the Broncos. Anyone who was who had any type of association with that disaster that was the Denver Broncos, I want no parts of. I'm good. Joe Brady was the quarterback coach for the Bills. That's someone I like to see. Anyone uh, aligned with the Eagles because that offense, number three scoring in the in the NFL, and I get they had Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders, so they've got a lot of talent on that offense, Dallas Goddard. Uh, but anyone associated with great offenses, that's who I'm looking at. I'm not going to pretend to be a Joe Brady expert or any expert on the assistant coaches for the Eagles, uh, but if you are someone who was in close proximity to a talented offense, yeah, that's some that that's a guy who I would like to see interviewed. Nathaniel Hackett, no, doesn't quite fit the bill. Uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, uh, because like this is a a, um, a a job opening, you wonder how attractive is the job, and it's not it's not at the top of the list because. Let's let's keep it let's keep it a buck. Going into next season, I don't care how high on Joe Douglas and Robert Sala you are, we know they're on the hot seat going into the season. Like this has to be a playoff or bust situation. You can't go three straight years without making the playoffs and not expect to to pay for it. So they have to make the playoffs, which means that if you are an offensive coordinator, you don't have real job security. You're signing up for just one year that can with a playoff appearance, become multiple years. But anything short of that, it's just one year. You're going to be looking for a job again next season if if the head coach and the GM both get canned. So I think that's going to be the challenge with this job. Uh, What can make it become more attractive is if you go out there and you acquire uh, uh, a quarterback uh, of high caliber, you know, Lamar Jackson, who I don't think he's going to be available. I'm still hoping and praying that something like that could happen. But we, we saw the GM of the Ravens say they have every intention of bringing Lamar Jackson back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there was a, a, a Jeremy Fowler tweet earlier today that I'm going to pull up right now that piqued my interest because I am not just a Jet fan, but uh, my favorite quarterback in football is Aaron Rodgers. So here's Jeremy Fowler on SportsCenter today. He said, we don't know the list of teams just yet. It's very early. 
but we do know that Aaron Rodgers does not want a rebuilding situation. That will eliminate some of the team. So he's due that $58 million. A team has to be willing to rework that. But if you look, but you look at a team like the Jets, the expectation is they're going to scour the earth for a new quarterback, potentially. So any of these teams will look into this possibility. They're not rebuilding anymore. They're probably ready to win. <laughs> and if you can get me Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, I mean, that's like Christmas. Like my favorite quarterback on my favorite team. It's been weird having to you know, watch every single Packer game because, you know, Rodgers is my guy and, you know, still be a Jet fan. Like it's, you know, it's kind of weird. So if we can find a way to create a marriage between the two. And I get people are going to bring up, oh, Brett Favre, as if it didn't work out. Brett Favre, in his first 11 games in 2008, had the Jets at 8-3. and three. It was in the MVP conversation. And and then he got hurt, he fractured his ribs, and it all came apart after that. But the through 11 games, the Brett Favre trade looked pretty good. I think Rodgers still has a lot in the tank. Is he primary Rodgers? Probably not. But this is a guy who, before this season, is coming up back-to-back MVP awards. And I get some of the hesitation is going to be about, you know, his personality, his diva, distraction. I get it. But when you have a team starving for a franchise quarterback and Aaron Rodgers becomes available, even at his advanced age, uh, that's something I, I, I would absolutely take a flyer on. And it's going to cost, I don't think, I, I wonder what the draft compensation would be because, He's got the $58 million that he's owed, and Fowler said they're going to have to rework the deal. But does that mean you're going to have to give him a ton of picks? I don't know. I would I would be interested to see like what that deal looks like. You would obviously have to pay more for a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's a lot younger. But Aaron Rodgers is a guy I would want. Jimmy Garoppolo, as I mentioned a couple segments ago, I, he's just not someone I'm interested in. Can't stay on the field, and I don't think he's that good. He was a product of a really good system with Kyle Shanahan. Almost won a Super Bowl, but I'm not interested in him. I would take a flyer on Derek Carr, who it looks like if the Raiders can't find a trade partner within three days after the Super Bowl, they're going to have to release him. I I would imagine that he's going to be released. I I don't understand why you would trade for him if you could just sign him outright. Derek Carr also does have a no-trade clause, so if he is going to be involved in a trade, he can dictate where he goes. Uh, But, yeah, that's how it looks for me. Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Those are the guys I'm looking at. The the Jets need a, a veteran, established quarterback who can come in here and take what was a really good defense and give them some f- firepower on offense, especially when you're getting back Brees Hall to go with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. This team has Pat. They have pieces on offense that can get it done. You got to rebuild that offensive line, but you bring in a quarterback. Because it's so frustrating. If they had just got an average quarterback play this season, they're in the playoffs. And they're playing round one maybe against the Bills. A Bills team that barely beats the Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins last week. So us Jet fans are are so used to living in a what-could-have-been hypothetical situation. That could have been fun. Just getting average quarterback play and being in the playoffs. But unfortunately, uh, it's a tale as old as time. The Jets... Once again, looking for a quarterback. 800-919-3776. We will get back to the phone calls, talk more Jets and Giants, maybe sprinkle a little basketball in here as well as we are going to a 530 right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 
98.7 ESPN. We're talking about the Jets. I'm watching right now Josh Allen uh, take a beating in the pocket against the Bengals. Uh, but they are in the red zone right now with a chance to finally get on the board. Bengals up 14 to nothing. I guess a part of why I don't want to see the Bills win is the Jet fan in me. And it's not just about them being a division rival. But if the Bills can graduate to a point where they're contending, like legitimately contending for Super Bowls by you know being in title games and being in the Super Bowl, that means the Jets are that much further away. Uh, from from being a, a a division contender, like if the Bills get knocked out today and all they did was win one playoff game against Skylar Thompson, they barely won that. I can feel better about next season, assuming the Jets get the right quarterback in here, that they can be a team that could legitimately challenge uh, to win this division, because it would mean that the Bills are no juggernaut, the the juggernaut that we were sold on them being this year when they were, when they came in as the favorites to win the Super Bowl, when Josh Allen came in as the favorite to be the MVP. So it's not just the the division rival aspect to it, you know, just hating on a team that you you play twice a year. It it just matters as far as, like, when we had the Giants conversation. How are you compared to other teams in your division? And the Giants aren't even close to the Eagles, as we saw last night. And the Cowboys, they're not better than them either. They haven't beaten... The Cowboys since Dak's first game in his rookie season. That's the last time the Giants beat the Cowboys. And Josh Allen just scored on a rushing touchdown. So the Bills are on the board in Buffalo. It'll be 14-7 pending an extra point. It's been such a long time since the Giants can say they beat the Cowboys. And the Eagles get all the bragging rights after what we saw last night. They actually haven't beaten the Eagles in the playoffs since 2000. So that's still a, a, a steep hill to climb if you're the Giants but I mean a lot of decisions have to be made in in New York football but I guess we do have to to take a moment to acknowledge that at the start of the season it was just me on here begging for relevant football right it was just let's find a way to get these two teams involved playing big games in December and not only did we get that we actually got one of the teams to make the playoffs and win a playoff game the Jets in the final two weeks of the regular season, had a shot to still get in, but they just couldn't take care of business. And it started with, you know, losing that game to Seattle. But, I mean, to start the year 7-4 and four and go on a six-game losing streak is, is so deflating. But the Jets actually had a chance to be in the playoffs. And it's all that I asked for at the start of the season. Can you Can you play relevant football late and give me something to root for? Can I be looking at the standings and it's like, all right, they're in the hunt. Can I pull up to a game and feel like it's important because of playoff implications. And they had that. But the Thursday night debacle against the Jags, followed by that Week 17 you know, dumpster fire in Seattle at the hands of Geno Smith, and then losing 11-6 to in a meaningless game, well, became meaningless because of what had happened in the four weeks prior, or five weeks prior, I should say, uh, losing to Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. But this, the future... I mean, can still be looked upon as bright for both the Jets and the Giants. It is a day of, of uh, post-mortem because the Giants suffered the loss of the way that they did last night. And, you know, I acknowledge that uh, Peter Rosenberg put a tweet out last night saying that 
he would rather not make the playoffs than to lose the way that the Giants did. And I just can't, I can't agree with that at all. I cannot agree with that at all. I would rather make the playoffs, win a playoff game, and still find a way to, you know, have myself in the divisional round, even if I get blown out. Have playoff football, getting that experience for your, for your young team, for your rookie head coach, for your GM, being able to sit there and in real time analyze what are the needs going into the offseason because this is the biggest test. This is going to be a team that we have to get through in our division and maybe in the playoffs. So a real-time analysis of one of your division foes in the biggest game of the season, like that stuff is important. So you absolutely sign up for a playoff appearance, even if it means that it's going to come to a screeching halt and in an embarrassing way, the way that it did last night. Because that was embarrassing. That was a pathetic performance. And I think Brian Dable had probably his worst, worst coaching moments of the season. Why are you going for that on on fourth and eight from the forty? I mean, it reeked of desperation, and maybe it spoke to him understanding the Giants were probably drawing dead in this game outside of something miraculous happening. But to go for it on fourth and eight, I mean, was just a dumb decision. But with all that being said, you you tip your hat to the Eagles. They're the better team. They were the better team, and now an important offseason begins for the Giants. Because now it's not about, well, house money, first year of a rebuild. No, we're going to expect to see some tangible results. And it starts with the offseason, with the draft. And obviously the two biggest question marks are going to be Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And what happens with those two contracts? Who's getting the franchise tag? Who's getting the long-term deal? And coming up actually in the 4 o'clock hour, I've been teasing this all show, but we're going to hear from them because last night Daniel Jones was asked about uh, the contract situation, and he gave an interesting answer, but I think I, I, I understand why he answered it the way that he did. And I'm going to explain that going forward. Also, uh, the Jets are on the table. Just w- what it would feel like to watch a Jet playoff game. Harvey, how, were you devastated? Because you're a Giants fan, Harvey. Were you devastated last night? Was that a gut punch? Was I devastated? Yeah, because I heard you on Rothenberg's show. You were excited. You were pumped up for this game. So you said that regardless of whether they won or lost, you felt like this was going to be a sleepless night for you. So you, did you get any sleep last night? No. None? None. I, As soon as the the final whistle blew, I turned off the TV, and I stared into the dark room that I was in, <laughs> and I I just devoured like a pumpkin pie in disgust. Oh, man. But you know, I mean, so at what point... Did you know, like, yeah, this is not happening? As soon as Devontae Smith caught his first pass, which was wow, like— on the first drive of the game? <laughs> well, because you you get, you get a feel for these things because they go three and out. Dable goes for fourth and eight from essentially midfield, gets nothing out of it. And then I think the first throw, Jalen Hurts was like the, the bomb to, to Smith. And then it's just one run here, one run there. Boston Scott here. Kenneth Gainwell here, Jalen Hurts there, and it's just like it's just overwhelming. And then seven turns to fourteen, fourteen turns to twenty-one, twenty-one turns to twenty-eight. <laughs> Not even twenty-eight. It was twenty-seven. Then he tried to go for two, and then he's oh, like, yeah, you he know what? Go I'm gonna call two. a timeout. Yeah, I know I what I'm doing he was here. Trolling. I don't think he was ever going for two. He yeah. had to have been trolling. What What would be the reason you go for two in that situation? To rub it in people's faces. 
Yeah, but that's just, I mean, that's comical. Like in a playoff game where at that point could, like the Giants, I don't think we're ever going to come back in that situation. But let's just say they do come back and it comes down to you on a failed two-point conversion where you should have just kicked the field goal. That, I, that's something you don't recover from. I don't think he was ever going for two, but that's just my, my opinion. Uh, more of your phone calls coming up as we get into the third hour of the show. Ty Butler going until 5.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.